You're listening to Monday Science Podcast, the show that brings you the latest in science, technology and health with your host, me, Dr. Bahija Rami Abraham. Welcome back to Monday Science. Um, uh, happy Monday or happy day, whatever day you're listening to this podcast. Uh, Monday Science is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can send in your questions or your comments to mondayscience2020 at gmail.com or through the chat function on our website, which is mondayscience.wixsite.com forward slash podcast. Um, And if you don't want to type your Uh, questions or your comments you can also leave a voice message and details are on the website as well Uh, so it had some um some great uh messages and feedback from last week's retraction episode um i'm almost wondering if i should do a a monthly um or quarterly i don't know uh update on retractions do let me know get in touch and let me know if that's something you'd be interested in because in particular this last week i'm not quite sure what's happened but there's been there's been a lot of drama um, around uh, retractions. There've been more COVID retractions. Um, there's been uh, some people from the, the journal uh, suspensions, uh, resignations. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's quite a there's a lot that's gone on. Um, if you are interested to know more, um, you can have a look at retractionwatch.com. The link is also available on our website for last week's episode um so I strongly recommend you you take a look yeah there's a there's a lot <laughs> um but on today's episode we're actually it's a more of a weekly update I'm going to focus on an interesting study which has applied the use of uh, technology in health healthcare so uh, some researchers working in collaboration with uh, physicians so so doctors have designed a method which relies upon artificial intelligence and um and what they call an automated monitoring to help people with type 1 diabetes better manage their glucose levels so this is very very um very interesting and um yeah could really potentially help a lot of people So what I'm going to do, I'm going to explain diabetes, probably go into that a little bit and then talk a little bit about artificial intelligence. And then I'll talk about the study and probably have a little discussion around the ethics around all of this. Okay, so diabetes, the full name is actually uh, diabetes mellitus, is a condition where the blood glucose levels are too high over a prolonged period of time. So it's not just Okay, somebody had, you know, a high blood high blood sugar on Tuesday and then Wednesday, it's fine. It's actually over a prolonged period of time. And um, diabetes can be due, caused due to either the pancreas, uh, that's an organ in the body, not producing enough insulin or the cells of the body not responding properly to the insulin that's been produced. And there are two main types of diabetes. So that's type one and type two. There are other types such as gestational diabetes as well. And so um, insulin is a very interesting molecule. So it's a hormone uh, which plays a number of roles in the body's uh, metabolism. And insulin regulates how the body uses and stores glucose, so glucose sugar. So it regulates um, how the body uses and stores glucose, so that's sugar, and fat. Uh, And many of the body cells rely on insulin to take up glucose, so that's sugar, uh, from the blood, sorry, for for energy. 
so I'm going to talk about type 1 versus type 2 diabetes. So type 1 diabetes is where the body attacks uh, the beta cells, which are located in the pancreas, um, which means that the body can't make any insulin. And the beta cells are important because they make and release insulin. And so without the presence of insulin, many of the body cells cannot take up glucose from the blood, and therefore the body uses other sources of energy uh, to function, so such as uh, ketones, and so such as fats, sorry. Um, but ketones are produced by the liver when it breaks down fat. And, you know, this can actually be this, you know, that's a normal process. But then when you have high levels of ketones, this can be very dangerous and um, lead to a, con a very dangerous condition called ketoacidosis. And um, when this is caused um, as a result of diabetes, this is called diabetic ketoacidosis, which is very um, life threatening. And so people with type 1 diabetes, they manage their condition, condition by injecting insulin daily uh, and they inject what we call subcutaneously. So this is under the skin. Um, so this is a layer between the dermis and the epidermis. And they do this daily to control their blood sugar. In addition to that, um, most diabetic patients, well, they most will be monitoring their blood glucose. They may not necessarily do it daily, but they um, monitor their blood glucose level using a glucose meter. So that's just type 1 diabetes. Now, with type 2 diabetes, which um, has a, a different pathway, this starts off with insulin resistance. So this is where the body fails to respond to insulin properly. And then as the, pro the disease progresses, a lack of insulin may develop. Um, and as a result of this, the body is less able to take up glucose from the blood. Um, and so the beta cells in the pancreas, again, as I mentioned before, which they make and release insulin in type 2 diabetes, um, which can be developed over a number of years, the extra demand on the pancreas to produce insulin can lead to a loss of insulin beta cells as they just wear out. And with type 2 diabetes, it can be managed in several ways. So that can be through medication. So um, medications such as metformin, glycoside, exercise as well, di and, and diet. And then um, at, depending on the stage of type 2 diabetes, the patient could also be prescribed insulin um, to be uh, taken in the same way, so injected subcutaneously. And so type 1 diabetes is referred to as insulin-dependent uh, diabetes or diabetes uh, mellitus. Um, also, at some point, it was referred to as juvenile diabetes. And with type 1 diabetes, usually begins before the age of 40, but occasionally people can be diagnosed with it later on at, at older age. But type 1 diabetes is the most common form of diabetes to be diagnosed in children. Type 2 diabetes is referred to as non-insulin-dependent diabetes, um, commonly referred to previously, and I'll explain why in a bit, as adult-onset diabetes. Um, but today, uh, more children are actually being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, um, and this is due to increased rise or the rise in uh, childhood um, obesity. So, as I mentioned, these uh, researchers working in collaboration uh, with physicians, they've designed something that's to help. So a tool and a method that's des designed to help type one diabetic patients. That, that was the, the focus of the study to better manage their glucose. And they're doing this through artificial intelligence. Now, I've been quite interested in artificial intelligence for quite a while. Um, 
just because A, I'm quite interested in the interface between technology and healthcare to improve outcomes for patients or to, you know, not just improve outcomes, but for faster diagnosis and things like that. Um, But also this point of managing patient care and perhaps the potential for the patients to manage their own care more efficiently. And this is where um, diabetes is, 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 I guess, dare I say, a good model for exploring the use of artificial intelligence or technology in healthcare because diabetic patients manage their care on their own. Um, Once they have their treatment prescribed for them, they, you know, manage that. And then they have their blood glucose, which they check regularly. And in some cases, depending on if, let's say, their blood glucose levels are too high, then they themselves have to manage their insulin levels. So they would say, oh, well, I know, oh, if it's a certain level, I need to have less insulin today, or so forth. Or if you know they're planning to go out for a meal um, where it won't be part of the, what they're eating, would be part of their normal routine, then they would have to amend um, or you know adapt. Sorry, their their insulin intake as a result of that. But um, what I'll do, let me talk about what a artificial intelligence is. Um, so it is um, a simulation of human intelligence processes by machines, and it's a branch of computer science. Um, that's concerned with building smart machines that are capable of performing tasks that are, that typically require human intelligence. Sorry, if I sound very, ex- I'm so excited about, about that I'm able to talk about this today. But um, so with AI, it makes it possible for machines to learn from experience. They adjust to new inputs and perform human-like tasks. And so most um, AI, so I'll keep referring to it because I can't always say artificial intelligence, but most AI examples that we hear about today rely heavily on something called deep learning and natural language processing. So with deep learning, this is a type of machine learning and machine learning is a method of data analysis. And so with deep learning, uh, you train a computer to perform a human-like task, so such as recognizing speech, identifying images, or making predictions. And instead of organizing the data to run through sort of predefined equations, uh, deep learning sets up sort of basic parameters about the data and then trains the computer to learn on its own by recognizing patterns using like many different layers of processing. Then with natural language processing, um this is where so with artificial intelligence you can you can get the you can uh be able to speak write listen and understand human language and so with natural lang- language processing it's a form of ai that extracts meaning from human language to make decisions based on the information and this is a technology that's still evolving and we for some people they'll use it day to day so siri in apple i was going to get i was going to try and have a chat with siri um, today in the episode and use that, but it's not necessarily relevant. Uh, but Siri so uses, uh, so Siri is part of um, Apple, uh, uses a variety of advanced machine learning technologies to be able to understand your command and return a response. Um, and so uh, in with Siri, the primary uh, it primarily uses natural language processing and speech recognition. Alexa, which is the um, Amazon platform thing um, is is built based on natural language processing. So you can see that on a sort of day-to-day basis, we're actually using these things. Um, so using both deep learning and natural language processing, computers can be trained to accomplish specific tasks 
by processing large amounts of data and recognizing patterns in the data. And so AI has already been used in healthcare. I mean, you know, it's, it's well known. It's already been used in healthcare and medicine in several different ways. So such as even just managing medical records and other data, um, designing treatment, so treat, treatment design, um, digital consultations, medicines management, drug discovery, so identification of new drug targets to treat uh, several different diseases, including rare diseases. Uh, there's a really interesting company on the rare diseases front. There's a really interesting company called HealX. They use artificial intelligence um, to uh, discover new treatments for uh, rare diseases. And also AI can also be used for uh, healthcare system analysis as well. Um, and so in the study that was published uh, recently, uh, they designed an AI algorithm using a mathematical simulator. And what's very, very interesting here is that their algorithm was validated against real-world data collected from type 1 diabetic patients. Um, and these patients were using, so in terms of the data they were getting, it was from a continuous glucose monitor or meter, and they had wireless um insulin injection pens. So usually with the um, injections, and I should have probably explained this earlier. So I mentioned that diabetic patients, they have their insulin through um, a subcutaneous injection. And this is sometimes referred to as an insulin pen. Um, and it does look like a pen and it's got a very small needle. So subcutaneous doesn't need a, a long needle. And uh, what they did here in this study is they uh, so normally the pens are just disposable. There's nothing there. So they just created some wireless pens. And the recommendations that was made by the AI algorithm was very similar to recommendations made from endocrinologists for the same patients um, when they paired their algorithm with a smartphone app called Daily Dose. And this was at 67.9% of the time. And then they were also able to show an improvement in patient glucose control. Uh, the study involved monitoring 16 people with type 1 diabetes over the course of four weeks. Now, I have issues with the sample size. I think it was, there was um, a few episodes ago I commented again about sample size, uh, one of the weekly updates. I, for a condition such as diabetes, which um, there are quite a few people in the population that do have diabetes type 1 and type 2, um, a sample size of 16, in my opinion, is, is too, I believe it would be too small. However, um, this could have been, they probably chose this low number because it was a pilot study and they wanted to have a proof of concept and of who knows, you know, what they would have to have done because artificial intelligence isn't, isn't AI, isn't my um, area of expertise. So I believe though that they would have had to, especially because they were trying to look at how their algorithm um you know, the, the outcome of the algorithm related to real world data. So perhaps just because of sort of the, the coding and the math, all the things that they would have to do, they needed to start off with a small number before they can scale up. Uh, but thankfully, the research team do intend to continue to advance the technology because it's shown some really interesting promise. I mean, imagine with the algorithm and yes, they use this app, the Daily Dose app, but it's more the algorithm actually that had the impact. It had it showed 
you know, similar outcomes at 67.9% for the first try. That's pretty good um, compared to um, an endocrinologist. So that's, it'll be interesting to see how this um, progresses over the next few years. So the research team have actually said that they plan to run larger trials over, and I hope larger trials would mean larger patient uh, sample group, um, over eight and then 12 weeks and compare with other insulin treatment strategies including automated insulin delivery um, and see how their algorithm can can uh, work to give some better, you know, almost equal recommendations. One, I, I'm guessing they're aiming for 100% recommendations compared to endocrinolo- the endocrinologist. So that's very exciting uh, piece of work. There are other examples, but this one was just quite interesting because they compared to real world data. Um, some most of the time, well, a lot of the studies when they're talking about AI in healthcare, they don't always compare to real world data. So that term, real world data, so just applies to yeah patient data. And um, this is very interesting that they've used that real world world data to confirm their findings. It's actually quite novel. It was published in a, quite a high impact factor paper as well, uh, Nature Metabolism, so I believe it was. So it's really good interesting work. I just want to talk about the ethical implications. So there are a variety of ethical implications around the use of AI in healthcare. Um, So healthcare decisions have been made almost exclusively by humans in the past. And so the use of, you know, smart machines, um, even like smartphones, smart computers has raised issues around accountability, transparency, permission, privacy, for example. Um, so in terms of transparency, that appears to be probably the most difficult issue at the moment. Uh, for example, AI and deep learning algorithms have been used for image analysis in medical imaging. And many of those algorithms, um, particularly particularly the deep learning one, algorithms, are apparently res- impossible at times to interpret or explain. Then accountability it's very interesting because mistakes are likely to be made by AI systems in uh, patient diagnosis and treatment. And it may be difficult to establish, you know, accountability for these mistakes. Who's responsible? Um, would it be the person who developed the algorithm? Are they responsible for the mistake? Is it the, would it be the healthcare professional who then tells the patient, this is the outcome of your Uh, diagnosis and we've used AI to analyze it and come to this conclusion and then it's the healthcare professional that's telling them telling the patient but then they are telling them wrong information but is it really their fault very very interesting so it'd be interesting (laughs) let's see how that um, unfolds but we are likely to encounter many ethical medical you know occupational and technology uh, technological changes and challenges with AI in healthcare Um, It's going to be important for all involved. So, you know, healthcare institutes, um, hospitals, for example, uh, governments, um, you know, maybe sort of also, I don't know, international organisations. But it's important for all involved and obviously including patients to establish uh, structures to monitor and address these key issues uh, responsible in a, in a responsible and transparent manner to limit any negative impacts because AI and healthcare, healthcare does have a lot of um, potential. And um, 
but we'll definitely need to, you know, look at continuous monitoring, um, increased research in this area, but not so much, I mean, the increased research in this area to explore other opportunities, but also a greater focus on looking at the efficacy of AI in healthcare, implementation in current healthcare systems, what are the patient benefit outcomes, you know, um, are there any policy considerations that need to be put in place to address issues such as accountability, such as, um, you know, transparency and privacy. But um, for me personally, I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm actually going to be, um, well, I will be exploring AI in in my research um, and seeing how it could help us to um, come up with, you know, perhaps more patient-focused solutions, um, and and if we can get products uh, to the patient quicker, let's say, or in a more efficient manner. So yeah, let's see what happens with AI in healthcare. Thanks for joining us this week on the Monday Science Podcast. Make sure to visit our website. Uh, Details are in the episode description where you can subscribe to make sure that you never miss the show. Uh, So catch up with you next week. Bye.